good afternoon. I appreciate everybody being here. I'll make this short and sweet for you. Uh, obviously, like every team in the country that's preparing to open up Friday, we're excited to get started. The NCAA gives us 45 days in the window in the fall for 27 practices, so you literally scrimmage each other about 20 times in that 45-day window. And one of the things that happens is, is you get sick and tired of playing the same guys. And I think our hitters know our pitchers' tendencies. Our pitchers know our hitters' tendencies. Our hitters even know how Coach Graves likes to attack them when he's calling pitches. And it's one of the most unique things about Division One baseball because when I started, you used to be able to play other Division One programs in the fall, and you can play junior colleges in the fall, and it literally makes it a grind to go through that process. And we just finished our fourth weekend of scrimmage games against each other yesterday, and quite honestly, it might have been the worst one we've had since we started in January. I think the whole team was flat. We need to play somebody in a different jersey and a different environment, and I know I, I guess speak for everybody that we're ready to get, get started and, and start the grind and start the journey, if you will. So. With that being said, uh, DJ asked me just to give you a little bit of an overview on our team. We finished the regular season last year in the top 25. Obviously, we finished third in the second best conference in the country. Uh, we had six players drafted, which tied for third most in the country of the 304 Division I schools that play baseball. We lost some really, really good players. And uh, you can look at our weekend rotation. We lost all three starting pitchers. We also lost our closer, Jordan Brashe, who was a senior that also got drafted. So literally the top four guys on our team are now playing professional baseball. So we're going to be, that was the most experienced part of our team last year. It's obviously the most untested part of our team as we head into 2015 season. So we've got some huge challenges ahead of us uh, as far as replacing those outstanding players. At the same time, you know, we were really young position-wise in a lot of positions a year ago, and now that's the most experienced part of our team. It's been really fun to watch our team play in our scrimmage games. Uh, we're athletic, we've got a really nice combination of right-handed hitters, left-handed hitters. The flat seam baseball change that you've all been reading about, uh, there was a great article today where several of the prominent coaches in America were quoted. I, I loved Coach Slosnagel's uh, assessment from TCU that basically that ball change has destroyed college baseball in the last three years as far as how fun it is to watch, it is to coach, it is to play. The new ball, I think, has changed the game again to where college baseball is fun again. We're hitting balls out of the ballpark. We're hitting balls up the gap that were smoked a year ago that stayed in the, that stayed in the park. And we're not, only, not only were they not doubles, they were caught for outs when somebody had crushed the ball. Uh, it's, it, I think it's going to bring the scoring back up in our game. I think it's a great change for college baseball. And I know I'm personally excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about the players you see sitting in front of you. I think they've got the talent to play in the Big 12 Conference. They've got the talent to get us back in the top 25. And there's also some maturity in the room. Uh, I really like our team a lot. I like our team a lot offensively. I like our team defensively. It'll just take uh, some patience on our coaching's part and our team's <coughs> part as we develop the young guys into new pitching roles. But I think before we're done, we've got a chance to be a very, very good baseball team. With that being said, uh, I'll be happy to take any questions anybody has. Rich, first weekend going down to a, to a good quality program like LSU. What, what are the expectations for, for the first for the first weekend? You know, I'm really excited to, to see how our players respond to that environment. Uh, it'll be our third trip to LSU, and 
you know, I, I compare it to Allen Fieldhouse, where Allen Fieldhouse is the mecca of college basketball and the greatest environment in college basketball in a country to play in. That's what Alex Fox Stadium is at LSU. The games are completely sold out, 11,000 tickets. Um, their fans are unbelievable. They're right on top of you. They just bury your left fielder, your right fielder, and your starting pitcher when he's warming up in the bullpen. And they've got the southern drawl and, and, and the Cajun talk that I can't even understand half of what's said. But the passion of the fans is something that gives you goosebumps when you walk in there. And if you're competitive, you can't. there's not a better place in America to play than Alex Fox Stadium. And I'm hopeful that, uh, that our players rise to the challenge. The reason I put it on the schedule was so that they had the opportunity to play in that great environment, but also for the growth that would take place for our club over the three days. And our goal is to play better each day of the weekend. And one of the things they teach in Division One baseball when you go on the road and you play the number two team in the country is don't get swept. Don't get swept on the road. The benefit of that RPI the rest of the season is off the charts. At the same time, you know, Division One baseball is about winning series. So we're going to approach it like we always do, go down there, try to play at the same level that they play at, find a way to grind through the thing and win a series. And if we get to Sunday and we've dropped the first two, is find a way to salvage the weekend and win on Sunday because it's all about Sunday Division One. Have you thrived on that energy because you've been successful against some really good LSU teams? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's, uh, and I jokingly tell people, I think I got a five-year ban after we went down there and won the series when they were number one in the country in 2010. Um, it's my favorite place I've ever played, guys. And I'm excited to take these young men to Alex Fox Stadium. When you talk about the regional appearances, you know, five all-time here, obviously last year being a huge one, can you just describe the process of, of kind of moving on from that? I mean, did, did that take place in the fall, or does it take place now, or, or do you even hope that there may be a little bit of carryover from, from that momentum? Uh, you know, Matt, I, I think what takes place, every team's going to be mm -hmm. I think for the young men that are sitting up here that played last year in that regional at LSU, or Louisville, I think they'll take the disappointment once we didn't win it. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, we were in position to win it. We had Frank Duncan pitching on Saturday after we won Kentucky in the opening game. It was first team all Big 12. He was our best guy. So we have him pitching against a freshman, and we left the bases loaded like four times. We didn't catch the ball as good as we normally had. And the sad part about it was we were in position to win the gosh darn thing and, and good enough to win it, and we just didn't play well on that day. The part for our team is, is we knew if we'd have won that series, we'd have got to host the next weekend with the upsets that took place across the country. I think that, that's devastating to think that we could have hosted a Super Regional and knocked on the door to go to Omaha. I do believe there's value to playing there, Matt, absolutely. And I think the fact that all these young men have experienced it, we will not be intimidated at LSU. The one great thing about playing at KU, when you play in a Big 12 and you're scared, you're in the wrong conference. It's a man's conference, and that's why you come here. You come here to play in one of the two best leagues in America. Is that the next step then, getting back and, and doing it again? I mean, consistency, that kind of thing? Yeah, and, and traditionally, Matt, you can look at our teams. When we have juniors and seniors, we have really good teams. And then we start the process over again and develop, and it's hard to win in our league with freshmen. Um, I'm hopeful that our players are good enough that we can kind of protect our pitching staff a little bit, if you will, early. And we'll find out. We'll find out if we're good enough offensively to, until our pitching develops to stay in the hunt. You mentioned the atmosphere this weekend. Are you nervous at all about these younger pitchers this weekend? Oh, without question. Because that's the unknown. Is, I mean, we're going to walk out there when Drew Morovic walks off the mound the first time we go to the bullpen. Somebody's going to come out of the bullpen to pitch that hasn't pitched at Texas or hasn't pitched in the Louisville Regional. They're going to be all untested arms, and that's the unknown. Some of those guys are going to rise to the, to the challenge, 
and they're going to embrace the environment, but there'll be somebody that'll struggle and could have a nightmare inning. Picture finished seventh, tied seventh in the Big 12 this year after finishing third last year. Does that kind of serve as a little bit of a motivator for this young team? I know the guys, the guys took it personal last year when we were picked last. And, you know, my young assistant says it best. It's a good old boys metric in, in the Big 12. You got the four Texas schools. You got the Oklahoma schools that recruit all the Texas guys. They all vote for each other, and it happens every single year. It, it's like that, and I think we all look at what happens to our basketball team. We're all voted, always voted first, and obviously he's coached us one ten in a row. But you know, this is perceived as a, as a basketball school. We're trying to be successful in baseball, and it's not going to change. The same thing happened when Mangino was here. We were good in football. We were always picked at the bottom of the stands. You just go out and overachieve. That's how we prepare. Don't we? It's overachieve. How important is that? I mean, with with you know, track winning its national championship and, and softball getting there and, and soccer getting there. I mean, how important is that to, to be a program that, that does the same thing that those others are starting to do and obviously basketball leading the way? Yeah, I think it's a great statement how far our athletic department's come in the last couple of years. I mean, you look at last year, volleyball made the NCAA <coughs> last yeah, year, yeah. year. I think we had five or six teams make the NCAA tournament. And, uh, and we're all proud of our basketball team, but it overshadows everything else that takes place on campus. And I know that our players are about baseball. Is, that's what their focus is, and as it should be. Hey, Rich, I know you mentioned Drew on, on Friday. What were the two guys that kind of won the jobs for Saturday and Sunday? I'm going to pitch the, the junior college transfer, transfer Ben Corral on, on Saturday and, and put a southpaw in between the two right-handers. And um, Sean Rakowski, the sophomore, is going to pitch Sunday. He's actually been really good here the last four weekends out. And, uh, you know, he only pitched three innings all last year. So to show you the progress he's made, he's gone from pitching three innings to being a Sunday starter on the opening weekend. I'm excited to see him pitch. I actually think he has the most electric stuff on our team. And if he pitches like he's been in our inner squad game, we got a really good chance to win Sunday. It's, would, you, would you agree, John? He's been by far the most electric guy on the team to hit against, hasn't he? But he's got those strikes. You talked a lot last year about Drew and, and you know the important role that he had on that team, what is it about him that makes you think he's he's ready? Other than you have to have him be ready. And you know, Matt, uh, Drew won ten games last year. We would start him on Tuesday, and then on proper pitch count days off, we pitch him on the weekend again. Um, and he was magnificent for us. I mean, he ties for the Big Twelve Conference lead and wins for the season. And he, he he pitches to contact, which number one is the reason why we can use him multiple times during a week keeps his pitch count down, he has a really good changeup for a right-handed pitcher. So he has a pitch to negate to left-handed hitters. His his breaking ball was better this fall, was firmer than it's been in the previous three years because he's lacked a strikeout pitch. So his breaking ball, I think he improved it. It was firmer. He actually was pushing more guys out this fall. And that's going to be the key, Matt, if he can be a weekend starter for us. It's, his breaking ball is going to have to be an out pitch where he can get out of trouble with the strikeout. And that's, quite frankly, the... Uh, the one thing he hasn't shown yet is the ability to strike hitters out. Rich, uh, Ryan Ralston's a local guy from the Kansas City area, three <coughs> start. Will he have a role on, on this team as a freshman? Well, he has a chance to be an impact player for us. Uh, he unfortunately had a stress fracture and a fall on his back. I think he only made two appearances and maybe pitched three innings. It really set him back. Uh, Friday, he was really good. He has a really good breaking ball. He's got a body like a Greek god, and it comes out of his hand really easy. And he's got a chance to be a first five-round draft pick before he leaves here. He's making the transition from being position pitcher in high school and quarterback on his football team and point guard on his basketball team 
to being a full-time pitcher, and uh, he's got tremendous upside. And, and obviously, we're really excited about his future. Once the light bulb clicks and he commands both pitches, he has dominant stuff. Been a lot of changes to the ballpark in and around it. Is added pop to the Hogan. What have you guys? What have you guys noticed about it? You well, know, it's been it's been really fun to be a part of. I mean, we've thanks to the generosity of our donors, we've made some huge facility improvements again this off season. And each and every year, Hogan Park just keeps getting be a better place to play and a better place to develop as a player. And I couldn't be more proud. The, the new turf mounds have turned out fabulous. We replaced the turf in the infield. It's been outstanding. And uh, the new outfield wall panels, they've got all the new KU Jayhawk logos. So it's modernized and cool looking, I guess, is a good term for it. The park looks really good. So you'll have a grass infield to practice on, right, as and well? We were able, when softball moved out to Rock Chalk Park, uh, our AD, Sean Lester, let us convert that to a PFP infield. So we put in grass and dirt and regulation infield so we can practice over there and, and take ground balls on dirt and grass when we go to a team that has that on the weekend. It's a huge upgrade. Our pitchers use it as a PFP practice field during practice so we're more efficient. It's been a great upgrade for our program. Blair Beck was named the team captain after just uh, one season uh, after transferring in from Midlands. What has he kind of done to earn that role after just one season? Well, I'm a baseball rat guy. And, 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 and that term means that there's no place you'd rather be than go to the ballpark. And all day long, you just wait to get to the park. You're the first guy there and one of the last guys to leave. You come in nights, you come in weekends, and he's a baseball rat. He's got Liz for the game. and. I think the second part about that is, for me, it's about being a great teammate. I mean, it's easy to, to go to the ballpark every day with injury when your name's always on the lineup card and you're a star player. But to be a great teammate, you want to be the same person whether you're playing or you're not playing, where your role is, what you're hitting in the lineup, picking other guys up, and he's a great Jayhawk. Original last year, Steven kind of got thrown into that closer's role late in the year. I, I assume he's still that guy, and, and how has he gotten better for year two? Uh, his velo's up. Uh, with his hard work in the weight room, I think he's picked up about three miles an hour on it, on his fastball. He's got that unique delivery, which is really deceptive from, from the side. He's also, I think, improved his breaking ball. The stats show he's thrown that firmer than a year ago. And the greatest thing about Stephen Valines is, man, he's got Southern California makeup and swagger, man. He thinks he's really good. He's really cool, and I guarantee he's not afraid to pitch Friday night. Coach, when you talk about identity and how you envision our team turning out this season, go into that a little bit. You know, how do you see your team? Well, I think one of the great things that, that, that we've done here with our players over during my tenure is we're real professional. We go about our business every day. We prepare properly every day. We have a term, enjoy the grind. And you, and you have to have a baseball mentality to be that kind of person. But I think that's the reason why we've been successful. Our players like each other. The chemistry in our clubhouse is really good. We don't have prima donnas. And it's one of the things I enjoy most about being in Kansas. you got kids with Midwest values that work hard, love where they play at, love the school they play at, the name on the front of their shirt. Uh, all those mentality things, I think, give you a trait. And I think that's what our trait is. We play every day. We compete every day. I try to control my emotions where we get beat on Friday. You can't tell on Saturday how the coaches are treating the players and how the players respond to that. you got to flush it one day to the next. And I think the thing we're, we're really proud of, we're proud of the fact that we play in a profession, with a professional attitude and a professional manner. It's based on work ethic, 
we play defense, we execute our short game assignments. Um, I think those are the things you hang your hat on if you're going to be successful day in and day out. I think that's what the Royals are hanging their hat on right now, is they've become a really professional baseball organization. Behind the dish um, with Michael Tinsley, how has he developed as a player, uh, especially after getting some time last season? Yeah, I, I think that that's the one question mark on our team defensively. Uh, Michael Tinsley's a really talented young man. I think in the 12 years I've been here, he has a chance to be as good a hitter as we've ever had at the University of Kansas. He's also really athletic. He's that rare catcher that can really run, and he smoked a triple in the right field corner yesterday and was flying around the bases like, he, like he's a leadoff hitter. Outstanding left-handed hitter. He's got really good makeup. He's our best receiver right now, and he's our best blocker. We need him to be more consistent throwing behind the plate in order to uh, control the running game of our of our opposition. The two freshman catchers both have really good arms. T.J. Martin and, and Tanner Gregg, that are both freshmen from Kansas, both profiled to be professional baseball players. They're physical. They're stocky. They're strong. They've got really good arms. They just need to be allowed to develop where their bat can catch up with uh, with their skill set, which I think will take place. But certainly, uh, for us to be the best baseball team we can be, that has to be his primary position. He's going to hit in the four hole, and uh, uh, he's he's a huge key. When you're looking at stopping some teams, maybe that have stronger running games, do you look at maybe flipping some catchers and uh, giving them a break as well? You know, and, and we've had that discussion as a coaching staff. If he throws good and handles, gets the ball out of his glove and gets it airborne and he's accurate, he'll be fine. Uh, we're fortunate that all three of our weekend guys, Drew Morovic's really quick to the plate. He slide steps, he's got great feet for a guy 6'5", he holds runners, but he gets the ball to the plate in under 1.2. So you don't have to have a plus arm as long as you get rid of the ball and you're accurate. And then Ben Carruth, the left-hander, has a phenomenal pickoff move. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so he's going to control the running game. And then Sean Warkowski also slides steps and gets the ball to plate in under 1.2. So all three of our weekend guys right now help Michael control the running game. We do have some other guys that, in all honesty, uh, he's going to have very little chance to throw, throw out until they do a better job of getting the ball to plate quicker.